Anyway, I'm very scared out of my mind. But go ahead. I mean, continue telling me what you were just telling okay. me. Okay. While I was reading this book, The Denial of Death, and understanding these ideas, you were literally out enacting them. And what you acted out was what happens in paranoid delusion and schizophrenia and people lose their mind when they let down their barriers completely through whatever modalities for you it was drugs let down their barriers completely and are overwhelmed with the primal emotions and the ultimate primal fear is the fear of death so the only thing you could feel for three days straight was i'm gonna die and your body didn't have the coping mechanisms to repress it until until they added more drugs and they added antipsychotics they added well i think it's benzos, important whatever. i think it's important to talk about what is the feeling of death if you you if you were talking about like i said like i was or you thought i felt like i was going to die for 3 days it's important to like talk about that like what does that mean what is it feel like to feel like you're going to die cuz that could mean so many different things for so many different people so what did it feel like for you well, I think it's, yeah, I think it's good to talk about. I think, you know, I don't really know exactly what it felt like. I don't have the ability to like, like I personally don't. Well, you rem- told me a couple of things. You told me, I feel like I've done something so wrong that I've destroyed everything. All my loved ones will be harmed. You feel like nothing will ever be the same again. Yeah, everything you've worked for has been lost. Everything you love and have done is being lost to you. But I mean, the visceral feeling I, is just feeling like. I remember telling you that I um, felt like I committed a un, um, an unforgivable sin or something. It was a different word, but it was yeah. like uh, a, you know that that sin that you can't come back from yeah. that you'll never be forgiven for. Mm-hmm. That even you know, if we were to go religious, even God wouldn't forgive you for which is interesting because that relates to the garden of eden story because and becoming consciousness becoming conscious when a child becomes conscious that is when they eat from the forbidden fruit of good and evil that's when duality comes into existence and that's when you believe that you have destroyed the world because the world was a perfect unity before then didn't you say that's related to like little kids when they first become aware of that? that that's like when they're starting to uh, wet the bed more. Yeah, and have wetting like, the bed is a Ernest Becker says is a protest against uh, duality and being trapped in a physical body. But yeah, when people f- when children and it's also four, probably f- related to like when kids are young and they have like fevers, they're like delirious, have hallucinations. Yeah, people often talk about their first memory as like oh and all of a sudden a fourth birthday party and i'm conscious and there's fear joseph campbell said there's this myth of this god who said i am and right when he said i am he felt fear being conscious is requires fear because once you're conscious you have not only the fear of being alive but you realize Oh, I'm alive now, and eventually I will not be alive. So there's the fear of death. That is what. So how do we? How do kids like? That is how the do... first conscious feeling that humans feel, and it gets repressed. And 
Okay, but Ryan, how would that. my question is like, how would a kid deal and cope with that? Like, what the it, only way to cope? No, as, what? Okay, tell me. The only way to cope, as Ernest Becker says, is to repress it. That's what children do. That's what humans do. What that's not, I imagine, what a teacher in a school would say. No, <laughs> like some because like, at a certain point, repressing it becomes your prison. Like at first, you have to repress it. And then okay, you but become, Ryan, I'm trying. And then to you become like 12, 12 years old, yeah. fourteen years old, and you move on with your life. You forget about it and you start enjoying it. But then, all the stuff you do to repress becomes a prison. It becomes neuroses and stuff like that. And then the only way to overcome that is to let down your barriers completely and be overwhelmed with Ryan, the feeling. I'm not death. asking for a key to figuring this out. I'm asking I'm trying to figure out how a kid in modern day culture like me or you or anybody listening to this or anybody anywhere, you know, in this day and age, how do they deal with that? They look to their parents, right? That like yeah. what else are they going to do? So okay, so they look to their parents and their parents, you know, give them, you know, affirmation that, you know, what they went through was real and it's okay. And, you know, you know, you know, we're here for you, but that, you know, and, and we love you and we're going to make you some hot cocoa or some soup and we're going to help yeah. sit with you. Repression and, techniques. But because oh. that's what the parents know. The parents are in the same boat. They've been repressing death their entire life. So they pass that on to the children. So like, okay. So how would be a different way to go about that if there is? Because in my opinion, you know, that actually happened to me, this exact, you know, scenario. I, I had delirious hallucinations. I was scared. I felt like my psyche had split. Um, I literally, like, I would look at, this is, you know, I, I don't know if this is really important. I'd look at the smallest little thing in the world, the smallest little speck on the wall, you know, or on, the, on a desk anywhere, the smallest little thing ever. And all of a sudden it would be, infinite it would it would like in my mind it was so small but it felt like it was the entire universe in that little speck mm -hmm. uh like that's just you know well, that's the only way i know how to describe it but like that was uh and it was so scary it felt like there's so much potential but it's also like there's doom and gloom here you know and i think th I, i'm relating it because i think it is i think it does relate to the idea of like becoming first a consciousness conscious of death because earlier that night what had happened was uh we went out to a waterfall and my dad had told us that you know some some girl was uh killed here um like last the year before it's actually like an infamous thing a story in vermont but uh so that for me was i think the first encounter i had with death because I, I had been told that, but I'd also, uh, like before that, and you know, I, I was so young and I was just with the family. I didn't really know. And everything was perfect when I was young. Like, yeah. It felt so good. So and, I didn't know how and, to, you know, cope that with that first feeling of death per, uh, led to having a near schizophrenic experience. Right. Because as Ernest Becker says, the schizophrenic is the one that will not allow finite, like, things to be finite because they under that we know they understand that the world is infinite but when we become conscious we make this dualistic world and it becomes finite schizophrenics live in the infinite infinite possibilities they they in a way they're too afraid to confine their world to right so they're different than us in the in the sense that like we have and i'm using this word it's kind of a fringe word at this point when it comes to you know uh, mental health, but ego. It's like we have the ability to, you know, f confine our ego to, to be able to live in this world. So we're not always like 
thinking about the infinite. We're not always thinking about, like, you yeah. know, you walk down the street and you hear, you know, somebody say something, but then, uh, you know, 10 other voices come out because it is limitless. That's the, the idea of schizophrenia. But yeah. when you're, uh, you know, not in schizophrenia and you're a human adult, you have this refined ego that gives us the ability to say, oh, you're my brother and you're Ryan. And the person in the street, I don't know them that well, but they're walking this way and they don't look that harm. They don't, they don't look harmful. They look harmless. Um, that's yeah. a blue house over there, you know. Schizophrenics are plagued by opportunity and the infinite. But the thing is, because there is value in experiencing the infinite, that is the experience of death. That is the experience that humans need in order to become So better. how do we do that? How do death, how? death rituals. That's how ancient humans did it. That's around, how they used to do it in the past? Yeah. Around a certain age, in, the tribe would have a, a ritualized experience where people would go into this altered state and would experience infinite and the void, you know, the two ends of the spectrum. And it'd be terrifying. But after it, they'd come away with it with appreciation for death and more gratitude for life. That, I mean, that's essentially what the Illicidian Mysteries were how doing. Do you, and how do you think people in our day and age get that experience? They get it through being overly stressed to the point of where the to the point of a psychotic break. That's that's <laughs> well, I, okay, that, yes, definitely. But, but what I'm trying to say, what I'm or, getting at, what I'm you, getting at is, how would one try to deal with that stress? How would they, you know, have an experience where they can? But it's it's not just like. It's not just as simple as like, oh, I'm gonna take a, a pharmaceutical to take that to take that away because that's gonna help. No, I'm I'm saying like, wh- how does one get that death and rebirth um, experience without having to you know numb their every single day life with pharmaceuticals? Like I've done it. I, I you know we we all do it. Like we all drink coffee, we all eat, we all take pharmaceuticals to. Um, you know, to, to, to do exactly that, to suppress the infinite, suppress everything that is too overwhelming for us to deal with. So I was going to say, like, in, in my opinion, like in college, in high school, the way we get at with the people, the way that we used to get at it, and I know a lot of people can relate to this, is partying. Mm-hmm. Because when you're partying, you're able to, you know, tap into that experience the flow state the the experience of okay i know death is here but i'm still able to like cope with it and i'm still able to understand it and i feel safe right now yeah you know how do so so when we're younger partying but then we get older you know we become like the only rituals that we still have today and they they're i mean well-intentioned but they actually have the opposite effect that you know ancient rituals did they actually distract us from life instead of allowing us to go deeper and they focus on the substance. Well, there's a lot of, less. There's a lot less uh, boundaries and and like uh, stipulations when it comes to partying. I mean, partying is pretty much a free for all. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, as long as you're respectful and you're. Yeah. No structure. No. Uh, you're respectful and you're nice to people and and you and you're not too ridiculous. Like if you get too ridiculous, you might get kicked out of the party. But the, as long as you're like you the know thing is that following the standards, you're accepted and you're part of it. That so, death and rebirth experience that you're talking about, I would say is incredibly rare in our modern society. The the few people you do hear about the, having those experiences is they have actually had near-death experiences. People like 50 Cent or whatever. People that have gone to the edge. And, 50 Cent? Yeah, he got shot you know nine times then believed he was destined to be alive and went on and made millions of dollars. That's and, true. He, he actually... Rap. 
That, like, that is interesting because he, he he got really 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 popular after his his near death experience. And there's other people like I, I, yeah, I almost don't even want to say his name the name of Kanye West. That's, like, why that's not what I'm name? saying. So he like he get, he he actually wrote his entire first album, College Dropout. Got into a car accident, broke his jaw, almost died, and then within like a month or so, rewrit half the album. And so there's was was this album before we haven't heard, but that was a classic album. That was such a good album. It was the perfect yeah, so album for the perfect time. Yeah, near death experiences are not the best way to have these things because they have a real risk. Like, but that's yeah. the only, virtually the only way we see people having those death and rebirth experiences in the modern day is by literally almost dying. Yeah. Because there isn't safe ritualized structures in which people can go into those spaces spiritually, but not physically. Like that's, you have to risk spiritual death, not physical death. Um, yeah. But the other thing is if you're doing it in the wrong setting, you know, not in a ritualized setting, not in community, not with people like your experience it'll push it'll push you to psychotic to psychosis because that's the only way to cope yeah in that in that feeling of absolute fear and see what i overwhelming yeah. feeling the only way to cope is by going crazy to to deal with it when i went through that experience in california i was trying to keep up but i knew i was pushing myself too far but that actually i doubled down on that after i was already going too hard i was like okay i'm gonna go twice as hard as i was already going it's not even logical dude it's just like i want to experience the full wrath wrath and feeling of of it so i go twice as hard but it's not real it's not a real experience because i'm not real like i'm only hurting myself you know i'm not testing myself i'm not doing that like near-death experience like test it's it's just like oh i'm only hurting myself i'm only getting down on myself i'm not helping anything here drugs substances they they don't they they f at least without like a, a good structure they're they just don't get there they don't get you there i guess you know in a lot of ways like adults nowadays can use cannabis in a very healthy way like uh cannabis is is, is isn't like a super harmful drug you know i mean it it could be, but for the most part, it's not. I don't hear about people, you know, smoking weed and really, like, hurting themselves. Um, so, like, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, cannabis is what? It's, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a powerful substance. And Yeah, and if you're, I don't know, it's a good good substance. It's a more forgiving substance than a lot of other ones. Yeah, it's more forgiving, which is huge. Because that's something that when you're hard into drugs, they're not forgiving. Yeah. Like, heroin, not forgiving at all. It just wanted more of me, more of more of whatever, you know, more of me, you know, more of my true self. Like, it just wanted to eat that up and take it away. You know, it was like, it was like I was its heroin, you know. Making sense. <laughs> Makes you, sense to me, dude. What? Do you think that you were in the beginning when we started doing this ritual for the first bit? Do you think you were becoming more accepting and uh, absolutely grateful of of death in particular? Oh, of death. When you mean like last year when we were st starting the ritual? Yeah. 
I don't even think death was on my radar. I mean, it definitely was. No, I'm not going to say it wasn't. But I remember when we first started doing this, I had so much gratitude and so much, you know, my barriers for defense were so lowered because I felt like I didn't have anywhere to hide at that point almost. I was just like, here I am doing this, you know, ritual that was so effective for me. I was like, I feel like you, you and you could see right through me almost like you could see everything. There's nothing to hide. But I think not realizing that might have also contributed to, uh, to like not to like having a negative down downfall afterwards. Hmm. Cause I wasn't able to like, I feel like I had nowhere to hide. Like once we're doing the ritual, it's such an eye, it's such an opening, like emotional, like opening that I feel like I know where to hide. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, uh, what was your question? I was just saying because that, like, I didn't realize for the first, I guess it was probably first six weeks, didn't realize what the ritual was leading towards. And then week six and pretty much every week after that, I realized that it was all about that, that feeling of death and that opening up to that and being allowing it to overwhelm me. Well, and, yeah, I remember talking to you about it and being like the first like five minutes uh, of the ritual that there's there's a lot of different there's you know the one week where it was the first five even ten minutes we were it was like we were trying to stay quiet as long as possible and the longer we stayed quiet the more intense it got yeah and it started to feel like yeah it was absolutely a feeling of death it was a feeling of death death life love hate anger appreciation accepting it's it was those are like very, you know, one end of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum, but the, all the stuff in between too. Yeah. Like there was so much feeling and so much heartache, but also love. It was like a mixture, a huge mixture, bag mixed with all, every emotion I've ever had. But it, it felt like bliss all while feeling it all at once. Because yeah. it, it wasn't like, it, was, it felt very painful. There yeah. was definitely a lot of pain, but it didn't feel like, oh my God, this is so painful that I can't accept it. Yeah, it felt it, like it was this balanced is, by the, the love and the gratitude. It was all right. One. Yeah, right. Which is the hardest thing for me to do when I'm sober. Yeah. And I mean, every like in everyday life, I, I can't, I can't that first feel that because that's too overwhelming. You know, it's something that I guess I, I need to work. I never really learned growing up. Well, I mean, I think a lot of that's, people can learn, can benefit from that. A lot of men, especially. That's why the rituals are necessary because you can't feel that all the time. You'd be paralyzed if you did. You know, you have to have select. I don't really like the term safe space, but you have to have select. You know, space where you can feel that and not be totally overwhelmed to the point of psychosis. And I remember that first week I really felt that. At week six, I I feel like I had minor traumatic experience from it but it became very positive the next week when i revisited it and i realized that it can only go deeper and deeper and that's what terrified me because we were doing that you know six weeks and i had that experience imagine doing that for years and and continue to continuing to develop upon it yeah do you think do you think that contributed to you going down to California and having that experience? The fear of where this is going and the power of it? Yes. That's what I felt the entire time I was down there. 
actually was the feeling of is what we're doing working or am I going absolutely crazy? Like literally am I going insane by thinking that this has effectiveness and power, power to it when maybe it's all in our heads, you know, maybe mm. nobody else ever sees it like this. And then I just look like a, a buffoon. Mm. But I think, and that was scary as hell, man, especially I was across the country away from you. Like when I needed you the most, I was so far away from you. Yeah. But I, then I realized I put that on myself, so I couldn't blame anyone except for myself. And that made things worse because I was like, well, yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. I can't make the right decisions, and I'm, and I'm down here, and I'm telling myself all these things, and it's just not I mean, the fact that you... productive at all. The fact that, like, you It wasn't had, conducive to, like, a good time or growth or anything. It was all just, like, compounded on myself. Yeah, because you... Avoided the fear. I mean, the fact that if you had, you had been coming, we had been doing these rituals for many, many weeks, months, and you're supposed to be back. You know, we had plans. We had the Sunday ritual. You blew them off, and then you go into paranoid delusion about death because you didn't have that normal outlet that you usually do to to deal with those things. So they become projected onto other things, and in a in the wrong environment become too overwhelming to deal with yeah plus i was telling myself that that sunday shit was fake mm. you know that i was doubting all of it <laughs> because that's what my mind does i have to doubt it because if it's real you can doubt something and it won't it won't it won't change it because it's real that's why doubting is a, a thing, right? You, you're supposed to doubt because then you can know if things are real or not. But it can take over. That doubting, for what it did for me, was it took over and it started making me doubt everything. Like, literally not, like, one plus one doesn't equal two anymore. <laughs> not, not, like, quite to that extent, but, like, I think it's interesting though, because is that what people do when they go to schizophrenia? Because it can honestly feel empowering. It's like you're your own person. You're yeah. living in your own fucking delusion, but like you're your own person. You don't have to answer to anyone. But that's just. But it's fake. It's fake, and it put lets everyone else down, because nobody else is living like that, and they're like, "What the fuck," <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, coming back from California, things were very, very weird. I would like... Anyway, I don't know. Things things were weird. Yeah. But it's interesting that you say I have PTSD around that because that's what my, uh, my therapist told me too. They, like Both of you guys told me that in the same week, and I didn't bring it up to either of you. You both brought it up yourselves, and I hadn't really thought about California or talked about it much since... Since it happened. Well, I guess I noticed it yesterday when you were talking about it, the fact that you don't remember it like you used to. Like, as the weeks go on, you repress it more and more. And yeah. the, the opiates play a huge role in that, in, in facilitating that. You, 
actively trying to bury it. And ever since you came back, the ritual hasn't had the same effect on you because you've, you've like, you've changed that. So it's not, you don't want it to, to have the same effect of bringing you to that state. And since you've been to the, you know, the ultimate edge of that fear, which is paranoid delusions that you obviously have more fear, more visceral fear around it than I would because you've experienced it. I mean, there's, there's points when I've felt like, oh shit, that could happen to me, even at this ritual setting. But I always have that faith inside me that whatever happens, it'll be okay. Dude, you are, you're so, uh, you're incredible, man, for, for, for just having the faith the whole time forever. I'm sorry that, you know, I'm putting you through a ton. I'm putting you through all the words you ever said to me. I'm, I'm making you eat that and make sure it's real. And, you know, I don't know why I'm doing that. And I'm definitely not, like, on purpose. I'm not intentionally trying to do that, Ryan. But, um, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, I, need, I need... It's fine. It, it it helps me. teaches me a lesson. I just have to focus on myself. But it's sad to see that in you. It tears me up to see how you are now yeah I just a lot of things man I need to one start talking to myself better stop being so down on myself because that's not helping other people around me it's bringing me down but yeah right um do you feel like I bastardized the ritual you just disrespected it and it made you pay for it. But like it hasn't changed the effectiveness that the ritual has on me. In fact, it may have even added to it. I'm sure it has. Like I never wanted to, when I first started doing this with you and Tom, I never thought of it. Oh, you know, this is going to make us all confront our deepest fears. If I knew that I would have been like, I, I would not have, allowed you guys even to to do it because I don't want you guys to to put you through that shit and I struggled with Tom a lot in the past when you were more on your shit he was the guy that was hesitant and, and holding back and I keep trying to push it and push it and push it yeah how do you feel about that I just see the potential of it, and I'm. Uh, it, it, it inspires me. It keeps me going, and I want to see how how far it can go. It really feels kind of like a, a brotherhood in a way, because it's like, as long as we commit to each each other, one thing, and we promise each other it, and we stick to it and that's till the end, then we can pretty much do anything. And that's kind of what it felt like. As long as I stay off the drugs, you'll be there and we'll be there together. And it's like, it's not, it's not as simple as like, as like, Oh, um, you know, you, you stop doing them and that's that it's, it's, it's for a deeper purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens between now and then it's, 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 we're in it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean it wasn't ever that it wasn't ever if I stay off drugs you know you'll be there for me it was the more I the more I stick to this path the stronger it'll grow and the bond will go stronger I'm still here you know we're still here 
it's it's not growing at the same rate it was you know the bond between us in fact is probably tapering off a little bit because of our just our own personal willingnesses well we can get back to it though yeah yeah absolutely Because I, I absolutely I want to go deeper with you, bro. But I also want to keep a head on my shoulders. You know, be smart about it. Be be methodical. Talk more. I think we just you know we need to talk more. Because or I just I don't know. We just need to spend more time together. Because it feels like oh we do the Sunday thing and that's all they want me for, <laughs> or that's all they want for each other. And then they go and do their own things and yeah. there's no. Um, continuity between that and everyday life yeah i agree 